What will you do when they find me? Don't be scared of yourself. Don't be scared of me. Don't be scared of yourself. Hi, I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. I will find you. You will ask, what will you do when they find me? Hey, Ashley. Hey, hey, Dawn. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good, good. Week's been great. It has. It is. It was very busy. This week kicked my butt, but it was a lot of fun and it flew by. I'm finally over my little, or getting over my sinus thing. Um, It's been cold here, so that's kind of helped as well calm things down. Um, Like tonight, it's supposed to be in the 40s. So um, hopefully that'll keep things calmer a little bit for my allergies a little bit. They haven't been too bad until this last week, so. Well, you sound like you feel a lot better, so that's good. Yeah, I do. So, I have some really exciting news. We, oh, yeah? Yeah. We got our first official question via the website. So, nice. Yes. So, I did send it to you earlier. You know that. Um, so, you've been able to look through it. And I want to read it for everybody, our listeners. We're going to talk about it. And I also will respond to the email as well, but thought maybe we could we could talk about this tonight and kind of um, go through it. It's a really interesting question, uh, a little thing, and there's a lot of stuff in it to talk about. So I'm gonna go ahead and read it, and then yeah, we'll I think. Uh, get sorry, yeah, no, I think this is great. I think I love the question. I love the topic. I think it's gonna give us plenty to talk about tonight. Yeah, I think so too. So all right, here we go. As long as a person is respectful towards the other person. You are allowed to say anything you want or need to say. Your gut feeling says a lot and gives you a lot of information. A person's feelings and thoughts are supposed to match. We are supposed to feel our feelings and sit with them, and we are entitled to our feelings. I choose my feelings all the time. Question. Some people think and say, if a person knows another person's triggers, then they say that is that person's responsibility, not to mention something that will set them off. If I am not responsible for someone else's feelings, then why do I have to be careful about what I say? I believe that I choose to say whatever I need to discuss, regardless if I know about the other person's past. Isn't that walking on eggshells? I love this. I want to start. I I, I want to start by saying what I agree with. Um, I agree a hundred percent that you are allowed to say anything you want or need. And the reason I say that is because by saying I am allowed, it is giving permission. There is absolutely nobody in this world that can give or take away my permission for the right to speak what I have to speak. Um, So, yes, I am allowed to say anything I want or need to say. Um, I also agree that our gut feeling says a lot and gives us a lot of information. 
I also agree that we are entitled to our feelings. And then it goes into the question. So I'll let you go from there. Sorry. No, that you're good. So I looking at this and I think the first sentence is, is key. As long as a person is respectful towards the other person, I think that is the basis of, of all communication, right? Just because we can say, or we are, I'm going to use the, the word in here, allowed to say, that doesn't mean we get to talk to anybody however we feel like talking to them. It has to be in a respectful way because we have to talk to people like we want to be talked to. So I think that has to preface everything in here. As long as we are mindful of respecting other people. Yeah, and I think that that should kind of be like, so that is part of my characteristic. That is part of who I am. I am respectful of others. So in everything I do and say, I strive to be, not to say I'm perfect because no one is, but I strive to be respectful of others in every single thing I do or say. So I think that even, like I think that sentence just needs to be on top in front of, like you said, in front of every single thing that we're about to say. We have to be respectful. That's just part of being a decent human being. I am going to be honest and say that in the past, prior to working recovery, I have not always communicated in a respectful way to my mother, to my romantic partner, to my children, to myself. So even though I agree with you 100%, that is just common decency as a human being, I can't say that I've always done it. I cannot either. I I cannot, right? Before, and even still, like even since my recovery and my coda and my healing or growth, however you want to say it, even since then, there have been times where I have not communicated in a respectful way, right? Everyone loses control sometimes. We all lose our temper. I have definitely not communicated in a respectful way and because i don't think there's a but there i think that is a and i still strive to communicate respectfully all the time agreed so that out of the way because i think like like i said i think that's a preface and you mentioned it preface to everything that we're going to talk about is we're assuming that the person is intentional in being respectful now we get into the things that you agree with. And do you mind saying those again? Yeah. So I, I also agree that our gut feeling gives us a lot of information um, and says a lot. I personally believe that my gut feeling, my gut intuition, my, my heart speak, so to say, is how my higher power communicates with me when I won't see the other signs, when I'm in denial, when I can't see the other signs. You know, when, when I just have that gut feeling that I can't ignore and I can't push away and I can't let go of, that, in my opinion, is how my higher power communicates with me. I agree with that. That is, I heard that somewhere, actually, I, was, I think it was Steve Harvey. I was listening to something he was saying, and he was actually saying that, oh, he used the word God, but our higher power, like women are automatically have this connection with our higher power. It's called our, it's called our women's intuition. Our higher power is with us all the time, whether we choose. But the question is, do we, do we listen to it or do we not listen to it? I've 
had the tendencies of not listening as well. But now I, you know, I do listen a lot more because I do know what it is. I think that's the thing there is I'm aware of what it is. So now I'm a little bit more comfortable listening to it because at the end of the day, I still trust what I know. Like I still, I still struggle trusting myself 100% of the time. So there's that comfort knowing that my higher power is communicating and that's how he's communicating with me. And so I tend to listen to it more often now. Absolutely. Yes. Gut feeling says a lot. Your gut feeling says a lot and gives you a lot of information. Agreed. Agreed. The next thing I agree with is that we are supposed to feel our feelings and sit with them. I'm not sure, right, to say and sit with them is kind of a a, a way of speaking. Yes, I, I agree we are supposed to feel our feelings. It is healthy to feel our feelings. I agree. So what I have found personally, or in the past, I would have all these feelings coming at me at one time, like I would be so overloaded with feelings. But I never would sit still long enough to be able to identify what I was feeling, and why I was feeling it. And that's what for me, in recovery talk saying and sit with them, It's me sitting back, being silent, and actually looking at what am I feeling and being able to break it down. Am I angry? Am I sad? Um, If people have not heard of it, the feelings wheel, if you struggle with that, is a great tool to be able to understand your core feelings. I Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's the same thing, right? Examining, sitting with my feelings, feeling my feelings, examining why I'm feeling them and what exactly I am feeling. Yes, I agree with that. Now, Mm. I do not necessarily, in the next part of that sentence, and we are entitled to our feelings, I'm not a fan of the word entitled. But I do believe that it is okay and all of my feelings, whether bad or good, are acceptable because they are my feelings. So yes, and entitled. So the word entitled, let me, the word entitled, the actual definition of it is to believe oneself to be inherently deserving of. So with that phrase or usage, I do believe we are entitled to our feelings. We are inherently deserving to feel whatever it is that we feel. My feelings are correct. I am allowed to feel them. My feelings are right. That does not mean that if I feel someone is doing something, then I am correct because that's not a feeling. That's an action. Correct. Right. So I want to, I want to make sure to draw a line there saying, I feel like someone is cheating on me. That is not a feeling. That is an action. Saying, I feel insecure, I am 100% entitled to that. Saying, I feel jealous, I'm entitled to that as well. Um, So, yes, I, I do agree that we are entitled to our feelings when used specifically in that manner. Now, when used in the manner of how feelings are typically used by your average person I don't like the word entitled I can see that I just don't yeah I just don't think entitled fits if it's how your average person uses it right now right to say things that we disagree with 
the very first thing I disagree with in this statement was where the person said a person's feelings and thoughts are supposed to match. We kind of talked about that in a previous episode where my goal is to tie what I think logistically to what I feel, as in I know someone did the best they could with what they had, but I feel resentment towards them for not doing good enough. Um, I want to tie those things together. However, my thoughts and feelings don't match because sometimes I think something and then it just pops in my head and I'm like, wait, no, that's not real. That was just a thought. Or sometimes I'll feel something and there's absolutely no thought tied to it. Like, like today I was walking through work and all of a sudden I started to feel anxious. My heart pounding, my, my uh, sweating, my palms sweating, my feeling clammy and lightheaded. And I started looking around real panicky, like, why am I feeling this way? But there was absolutely nothing there. So I just let that feeling go. If my thoughts and feelings were supposed to match, then I would have to sit and examine that feeling and create thoughts that match that feeling, in which case I would then go into a panic attack and I would lose control of myself of my actions, because I wouldn't, right, I can't breathe, even though I can breathe. So, no, I do not believe our thoughts and our feelings are supposed to match. I do not believe we are in control of our thoughts or our feelings. I believe those things just pop up, and we choose which ones we want to latch onto, and then we choose our actions based on the feelings and thoughts we chose to hang up. Yeah, Ashley, I agree with you. A person's feelings and thoughts are not going to match. Mine don't match a lot of the times, and that's it's okay that they don't match. And would I like them to? Of course. However, I believe that I have insecurities about myself personally that might pop in my head. That doesn't mean I feel that way about myself, but they pop in my head. Or I have a thought that pops in my head that, that hurt my feelings. Like, like right? That I'm like, ooh, that stung. But that doesn't mean I'm feeling angry or resentful or, or, or mad at the person. It's just this thought. And I do that a lot. Yeah. And I can let it like, go. Right. Like, all of a sudden, I'll be talking to somebody and they'll say or do something. Or at work today, um, there was a meeting. I had a 9.15 meeting scheduled. And at 9.45, I finally found the person that I was supposed to be in the meeting with. And they were just like, yeah, sorry, I got busy. Meeting's canceled. And I'm like, yep, my time is of no value. I took it very personal. I was very offended by what he said. And then my next thought was, hello? He got busy. It's not personal. There's nothing to be offended about. And I was able to let it go. So literally less than like an eighth of a second, right? My feeling came and then my thought came and the feeling wasn't real. And that's a really good point because can we even feel and think at the same time? Or is does one happen and then the other happen? Typically for me... Unless the feeling is long-lasting, like a grief kind of a thing, or a depression, or, right, unless it is a very intense, long-lasting feeling, it is a feeling followed by a thought, followed by a feeling. Yep. That's how I am as well. 
And then, so the other thing that I disagreed with and I really wanted your opinion on was whether or not we choose our feelings. I, I wish I could choose my feelings. I really wish I could. I wish that was a my superpower. I wouldn't have those tendencies of not feeling good enough or being jealous or being resentful or being angry or or pick I would a, be joyous all the time. Right? So no, I do not feel that is, I that I think probably that's the one thing in this that I feel the strongest about is I cannot choose my feelings and I wish I could, but I can't. Absolutely. So, okay, that leads us into the question. And now I, I personally feel like this is a multi, multi-layered question here. Agreed. Um, so the first part of it that I see is some people think and say, if a person knows another person's triggers, it's that person's responsibility not to mention something that will set them off. So before I think we can answer that, we have to discuss what a trigger is. So my opinion of a trigger so that's like factual. A trigger is something that is touched that sets something else off, right? Yep. My opinion of a trigger when we're speaking about humans and emotions and all of that is if I have unhealed trauma, then I have a trigger. Something that can throw me into a set of feelings based off that button being pushed, that trigger being pushed. Would you agree with that? Yes and no. Okay. You said that a trigger is unhealed trauma. And I that's the part that I'm not 100% in agreement with. Because I think there are some times and there's some things that no matter how much recovery work I do, there is still something, things that could trigger me. That doesn't mean they are not there. I haven't worked on them and they're not healed, right? It just means for me, a trigger is more of this is something I need to work on versus it's saying it's unhealed. Because right, I can get a scab and I can have a little bit of a scab left but the majority of it's healed. So I wouldn't call Well, but if it's not fully healed, then it's still unhealed. Yeah, I, and I, I know what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So I think, because I think if something triggers me, then I still have work to do on that thing. And I think, because if I fully healed it, then I'm not triggered by it. But I don't ever feel we're fully healed. I don't ever feel that we, so I... I think that there's situations we can fully heal from. I don't believe that we have ever fully met our growth. I believe there's always room for growth. I believe there will always be things that are not healed. But I do believe that we can heal some things. Agreed. That so I like agree for with. instance, a long time ago, I'm trying to think of something that would trigger me that no longer triggers me and how I've gotten to the where so that it doesn't trigger me anymore. Um, I gotcha. So it used to be, sorry, it took me a second to think about that. So it used to be that if Nick said something about destiny or Jeb's behavior when they were younger, 
I would immediately get upset. I would get triggered. I would get defensive. I would get angry. I would get, then I would obsess about it and ruminate on it. And then I would get sad and I would feel like a failure and I would feel not good enough. And then I would get angry again and I would take it out on him and fight with him because he said the thing that made me angry when really what it was is I was triggered by his words because I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel like I was a good enough mom. And I thought that I was doing things wrong. And and that was why he was saying that they were doing something wrong. But see, that's not a trigger. A trigger isn't the feelings after. The trigger is the ooh. Right. So the trigger was him saying your your child did this. And I would immediately go into this reaction mode. Right. That was my that was a trigger for me. As soon as he said one thing, whether whether it was true or not, it doesn't matter if it was true. I could come home and he could say, Jeb didn't do his chores today. And I would immediately get defensive. Didn't matter if the chores weren't done and the dirty dishes were still all over the place. It, it did not matter. I immediately got defensive because I was triggered because I felt like I wasn't good enough. Now, if he says to me, and we still do this, Jeb's 18, he still lives at home, he still has chores. Now if I come home and he says, hey, Jeb didn't do the chores today, I know that that has nothing to do with me. He is simply stating that the chores didn't get done. He's not saying I'm a bad mom. He's not saying I'm not good enough. It has nothing to do with me. Therefore, I am no longer triggered by it because I know and I believe that I was a damn good mom. I am a damn good mom. So I'm not triggered by that anymore. So are you not triggered at all if he says anything about Jeb? Because as far as his, yeah, I mean. And I ask yes. because like I hear Jeb didn't do his chores. So that means for me what I like, it's about Jeb didn't do his chores. So now like I didn't raise him to do his chores instead of like the word Jeb coming out of Nick's mouth is no longer a trigger. Yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't, I, I, I was actually, when you were asking that, sitting trying to think of if there was anything he would, would say, Jeb didn't do this, or Jeb did this, and I would be triggered, and I, I don't believe there is at this point, because I have come to the, to, to the place where his relate their relationship is none of my business. Nick's thoughts, feelings, and opinions are none of my business, whether it is about my son or not, and... I can also look at it objectively because I know that it's not personal and I'm not triggered by it anymore. Now, does that guarantee you're always going to feel that way, though? That he, he, right? The, no, I mean, no. He could say something else that's part of some other unhealed trauma that I'm triggered by that sets me into a spin. I mean, absolutely, no. Could it be you're having a bad day and be triggered? Absolutely. There, I think there's a situation of you've healed. You know that you are a good mom, but that doesn't mean on a bad day he doesn't say something and it doesn't trigger that's you. That's true. That's true. That's true. So, but, so, okay, so even if you take out the unhealed versus healed part of it, so a trigger is something that makes someone else does something and I feel some type of way about it. Someone else says something and I feel some type of way about it. For me, the best way to... You agree with that. I do. The best way for me to explain a trigger is not in words. It's that, ooh, that, like, my whole, I'm over, my body feels it. Like it's this whole. You get offended. Yes, there's some. It's a, it's a trigger. It's like 
I don't know. It's hard to, it's like, it's a feeling versus anything. It is. It's, it is several feelings. Yes. It's that kind of that punch in the gut, if you, if you will. Okay. So, yes, I agree with that. And so what she says is, some people think and say if a person knows another person's triggers, it is that person's responsibility not to mention something that will set them off. And then she goes on to say, if I'm not responsible for someone else's feelings, which I have to say I agree with, we are not responsible for someone else's feelings, then why do I have to be careful about what I say? Someone else's feelings are not my responsibility at all whatsoever. And if I know that something will trigger someone else, then I am going to try to find a way to say what I have to say without saying or doing whatever it is that will trigger them. If there is absolutely no way for me to say or do what I need to say or do without triggering someone else, then their feelings are not my business. Their triggers are not my business. And I feel like it's important to say, I cannot assume what someone else's trigger is. This entire question is based off, I already know what someone else's trigger is. And that's funny you say that because that's actually reading this just now. And I didn't catch this earlier. And I have a feeling because we didn't talk about this part earlier. I think you were the same way. Right. This whole thing about if a, if a person knows another person's triggers, I don't know if you can ever know another person's triggers because I don't even know all of my triggers all the time. So and is it someone else's responsibility? Right. I I don't know my kids triggers. I don't know Nick's triggers. Exactly. And and those triggers change. What tri- I just said, what triggered me two years ago doesn't trigger me anymore. Right. And it's very likely that things that used to not trigger me very possibly could trigger me now. Yep. And like I said, you don't know that what's, that this all this isn't triggering you now, but you don't know. And hell, you don't know tomorrow. So, so but I think I want to go back to, and I'll, now I want to agree. I want, just wanted to agree with that. I don't think you can ever know. You don't know a person's triggers. But again, prefacing the fact that as long as we are communicating in a respectful way, I think you a person is should say what they need to say and not worry about the other person's feelings. But again, that has to be in a respectful way. I'm not going to say, come to you and say, what if I got, I've got something for you. I okay. know what you're trying to do. What if, let's say, sorry, Dylan, if you listen to this. I'm just using you as an example because I know some of the story and I know mom. So, um, so what if I say, I come to you and I say, Dawn, I think that Dylan is so, okay. Rather than I come to you and say, so what if, let's say, for example, I believe that Dylan is at school partying and not actually working and not actually working towards his degree and doing what he's supposed to. He's just there. He's partying. He's not going to work. He's not going to class. He's, and, and I just, I, I just believe that. Maybe I have proof of that. Maybe somebody that knows him told me that. I don't know why I believe that. Let's just say, okay? Okay. For example's sake. So, if I hear this, 
And in my mind, it's going to trigger you. It's going to upset you. This is going to set you off, right? Because I know that you are, you love Dylan and you want him to do amazing. And, right. And so, okay. So in my mind, let's say my daughter and Dylan go to school together and my daughter comes home and tells me that Dylan's the biggest partier at school. And now I know this. And so now I've got to decide mom to mom, should I come to you? And I tell you, but what if it triggers you? What if it's going to hurt your feelings? What if it's going to upset you? And all of these other things, right? It's kind of where you were trying to go with an example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in this example, Should I come to you and tell you how to parent your son? One. Two, should I put my nose into somebody else's business? Three, should I consider how what I am going to say is going to affect you before I bring it to you? And four, should I be brutally honest or should I just be authentically honest? Well, I want to look at number four first, because again, right at the end of the day, I know you are going to come to me in a respectful way. So you would not come to me brutally honest. Right. So no, I I, I wouldn't come to you and be like, Hey man, your kid's messing up. He's failing out of school. You got to do something. That's why would you let him do that? Like exactly. That would just be me. Like, you can't... When I am coming to someone with something, first of all... With anything. Anything. Right. When I'm coming to someone, when no matter what I'm talking to them about, when I am speaking to another human being, I... If I am living in a path of love, if I am living in a path for any higher power, if I am wanting to be a person of good moral character, then anytime I am speaking to anyone, I am going to look at them, first of all, as an equal. They are not above me. They are not below me. They don't know more than me. They don't know less than me. First and foremost, they are my equal. Second of all, I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to be kind and loving. Third, I am going to mind my own business and stay on my side of the street because I can't be respectful if I'm all up on your side of the street. Right. And I know I keep bringing that up and I, right, I keep bringing that up, but I really think that is a very important factor in all of this. Absolutely. So if in this situation, my daughter came home and told me about Dylan party in that school, my daughter came home and told me about your son doing something. I knew something about your son. Yep. Uh, honestly, Dawn, I don't know if I would bring that to you at this point. Dylan is 28 years old. He is on his PhD path. He is an adult. He is living his own life. Exactly. And... It's none of my business. We talked about this in in the last podcast about there being this, you know, we talked about it in from a safe place perspective. It is not your job to run to me to tell me about my kid. It's not my job to run to you and tell you about your kid because there is. I I think it's just it's just me encroaching on your business. It is me putting my nose into someone else's business, and not in 
and maybe not in it it is in my business it's in my business it's still it's business now i want to say this i want to give an example of how if you decided to come to me and say something you would say something to the effect of hey dawn um look i know this is not my business but i was told and i i just feel that you should know what you do with it is yours but hey dylan's partying a little bit at school right and so and yeah i I would i would come to you and i would say hey don i heard a rumor and i just gotta preface this by saying it's a rumor because i just feel like i need to tell you so that i can sleep at night what you do with it is yours no judgment just here's the rumor i heard that dylan's doing a lot of parties yep I don't know what to do with that. So it's yours. There you go. And that would be the end of it. What you did with that would be none of my business. I would not ask anything further. So now I think we both agree on that. Let's, um, let's consider for a minute if this was something that I needed to say for me, that you and I had a conversation and you said something that upset me, Mm -hmm. something that hurt my feelings, something that, bothered me something that I took personally and I took to heart and after considering it and weighing it I feel as though I need to let you know I need to speak my piece I need to say hey this hurt my feelings and I also know that by bringing this up to you it will trigger you I can't think of any example because I feel like I could tell you anything and you would listen and hear me out and Right, vice versa. So I can't think of an example, but I'm sure listeners can think of their own. I'm sure when we think of other people, we can think of examples. I I think it's harder for with you and I because we both are in recovery. We both have done the work. We both know, right, you're going to come to me. It has nothing to do with me. Right, Right, it's not personal. It's not personal, right? How I feel, like we know the whole thing. We'll use my mother, for example. My mother loves to parent my children through me. Love you, mom. But you know, you know, you, hey, you signed off on all this. So um, my mother <laughs> parents likes to parent my children through me. So she's always telling me, you need to tell Dylan this. You need to tell Colin that. You should tell, you know, tell Dylan this. You should tell Dylan that. And the old Dawn in the past would have been like, it's none of your fucking business. They're my kids. Mind your own business. I can parent however I want to parent and I will take care of my own kids. And right, I would have been really shitty. I would have been disrespectful. Now I can go to my mom and say, mom, I love you. I appreciate your opinion. However, when you do this, it makes me feel that I am doing, I am not being a good parent. I'm not being disrespectful to her. I know that she's going to go, Ugh, right? She's going to have that right. feeling. She's going to get triggered, right? She's going to have some kind of feelings about you not taking what she says. Right. But that's... And so, and you are being careful, right? You're being considerate mm-hmm. to not trigger her. You it's, are. Exactly. I, I think being considerate is very, very important. If I am inconsiderate, I am not thinking of other people at all. I am simply thinking of myself. Correct. When I am considerate, I am considering her triggers. I'm considering her feelings and I am speaking my piece. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean she doesn't, when I say that to her, she can't 
when she's triggered, she could come back with anything she wants to come back with. I can't control how she reacts or responds to what I say. It could come back in a healthy way. It could come back in an unhealthy way. So to answer the question, if a person knows another person's triggers, it is that person's responsibility not to mention something that will, take, that will set them off. My response to that is, I disagree. I know someone else's triggers. I still need to say what I need to say. I simply choose how I say it to be as soft on those triggers as I possibly can. That is exactly how I feel about it. I do not feel you get to say whatever you want to say when you want to say it and how you want to say it. Right. So, that, right. And that kind of leads into the second part of this question or the, the next yep. part of this question, which is, I believe that I choose to say whatever I need to discuss, regardless if I know the other person's past. I choose to say what I need to say, but I do take into account the other person in not in what I say, but in how I present it, how I say it. I still need to speak my piece, but I'm going to consider the other person in the manner of my approach. And I think that answers the one question right before it. If I'm not responsible for someone else's feelings, then why do I have to be careful about what I say? Right. Because I, and the reason I'm careful about what I say is because I want to be a kind, loving, compassionate person. And part of being that kind, loving, compassionate person is considering other people's feelings before I speak. Right. It's not feel, it's not considering their triggers. It's considering their feelings. Correct. If I know, so if I know that, let's just use Nick and alcohol. So I know that alcohol is a trigger for Nick. I know that if he sees alcohol, if he tastes alcohol, if he smells it up close and personal, it is very likely that he will relapse. I believe that. I know that. Because I believe that and I know that, I don't drink. Now, that doesn't mean if I get a craving for a margarita that I won't go out with a friend on a Friday night and have a margarita. But I'm also not going to come home and kiss him and let him taste it, right? I'm going to consider his trigger before I do my, I'm going to go brush my teeth. So I'm going to be compassionate. I'm going to be considerate. I'm going to be kind. And... I am going to do what I need to do for me. And that was a that's a great a great analogy for this example or for that sentence. So thank you for thinking of about that of thinking of that because it is a perfect <laughs> it is a perfect one. Yeah. I mean and for a long time I wouldn't and still at the same time, right? I'm not going to go buy vodka and, and cranberry juice, which is one of my favorite mixed drinks and keep it in the fridge. You know what I mean? Cuz that would trigger him. So, and, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. Not that I am responsible for any relapse of his, but, but I don't like, I, like seeing that up close in person has an effect and I don't want to be a part of that. And it's not even, I, I and it goes back again. I'm going to get back on my little thing. The, the very first sentence, right? It's not even necessarily about, this trigger and I'm not going to this. 
I respect him as a human being to know this is something yeah. he has struggled with. And I am not going to disrespect him by even making it harder than it already is. Yes. Because you respect him as a human being. So it has, again, it has really nothing about the triggers. It's just about treating people in a respectful way. And if, I think if we can be better about that and more mindful about that, our communication techniques, then a lot of things that aren't said could be said. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that really kind of leads into, it's funny how this has been working, that really leads into the last part of her question, the last part of this question. It says, isn't that walking on eggshells? I believe what she was referring to was um, some people say if a person knows another person's triggers, it's that person's responsibility not to mention something that will set them off. Isn't that walking on eggshells? Let me say what I think walking on eggshells is. So the term walking on eggshells, imagine you're walking on eggshells. And as you go to take a step, you feel like, you think, you assume that those eggshells are going to break. So you very gently put your foot down and you try not to use a whole lot of pressure and you're super, super easy. And then you set your foot down and those eggshells break all over. That is where that terminology. I have spent my entire life feeling like I've been walking on eggshells. And so for me, so this there's last... a key there. Sorry, go ahead. What's the key? Well, the key there is you feel like you're walking on eggshells. Well, and that's actually where what I was going to say was, so I felt my entire life walking on eggshells from my childhood to my first marriage to my second marriage to my, my relationship that brought me to CODA the thing about for me, what I realized today when I was thinking about this question and what that meant to me about me, when I say I'm walking on eggshells, I'm walking on eggshells because of my fear. All eggshells are, are my own. It's my fear. Yes. Has nothing yes. to do with anybody else. It's all about my fear. So her question, this question is assuming someone else's trigger and then not saying something because I assume their trigger walking on eggshells. Yes, it is. There's a whole lot of assumption in there and I'm guessing someone else's feelings and then I'm guessing what they're going to say or do and then I'm guessing what they're right. I'm assuming those eggshells are going to break all over the place. So I'm trying very hard to step very gently walking on eggshells in and of itself, is a codependent behavior. Yes. There, if I am not, sorry, if good. I'm not walking on eggshells, I'm simply walking normal. I'm doing what I need to do for me, regardless of other people. And what I hear in all of these questions, the same thing is fear. I'm afraid of saying something to that person. I'm afraid of how they're going to respond. I'm afraid that I'm going to hit a nerve. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And the other side that I hear about that is, so I'm afraid of how they're going to feel, and I don't want to be responsible for what I say. Because I hear that too, because what I say, if your feelings are hurt because of what I say, I don't have accountability because that's your feelings. And I think it's important to, to add that kind, compassion, considerate into that. 
Yeah, respect. But the thing about you it is, is to I be respectful. I have been, I've been right. I've been disrespectful. I've been respectful, and usually what happens when I am, even when I'm being when I'm being respectful and I'm being conscious of the other person's feelings, I would still have that underlying fear of how they will respond, how they will feel. And I can't control how they respond. And any way that I think they're going to respond is a complete story and is more than likely in my experience so far from the truth. And I have to be me regardless of anyone else. I have to say what I need to say, what I, if I feel called to speak, I need to speak regardless of what anyone else may think, say, feel, or do about it. Period. End of sentence. Yep. And the other thing is the fear about what they, how they're going to feel about it. I cannot control their feelings. They get right. no Other. they get their feelings. I get my feelings. If someone says something to me and has no intention of hurting my feelings, somebody can hurt my feelings because I don't even know how I'm going to end up reacting or feeling with something being said. Using the example of Dylan and him partying at school. I can sit here and I could say to you, great, uh, there's nothing I can do it. He's 28 years old. And if he screw, you know, loses this opportunity, screws it up, whatever, that's on him. There's nothing I can do about it, blah, blah, blah. I can say that logically all day long. But that doesn't mean if you call me and say, hey, I heard a rumor. This is what I know that I'm going to respond in the way that I think that I would respond. Right. Absolutely, yes. So it's a story whether you decide how I, you think I'm going to feel, or and it's a story about how I think I'm going to feel. Because until it happens, we have no idea how we're going to feel, or another person is going to feel. And so that's why, as long as we're going at it from a respectful, healthy place then we should be able to say what we need to say because somebody might just say, wow, I never even thought about that. Thank you for bringing it to my attention so I actually can do it, do something different. Yeah, so I think, I, I think between everything that you've said and I've said what we've talked about, I would say the answer to this question is I say, I believe that I should Say and do what I feel is right, regardless of what anyone else may say, think, feel, or do about it. I agree. As long. So long as I. (laughs) (laughs) We always do that. So long as I am kind, caring, compassionate, and loving. And we use the word, you know, we will say, as long as I speak my truth. My truth is that I love other people. I love humans and I do not want them. I do not want to intentionally hurt them. And that's my truth. So I can speak my truth. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, right. My truth is that I'm compassionate. I have a lot of empathy. And so when I speak, I do so with plenty of forethought of other people in that moment, right? And where they're at in that moment. One of my superpowers, thanks to my childhood, is being able to read people. And 
literally one of that it is one of my superpowers i have i have an amazing gift of knowing how to say what i need to say in the way that is able to be heard right so i think that's a really important mm-hmm. aspect to a lot of this is i got to be able to look at what i need to say and how i need it to be heard how i want it to be heard and then i have to be able to present that in a way that the other person can hear it so right me, so i can't just like if we were talking about dylan in school i can't i wouldn't be able to just come to you and be like don dylan's fucking off man he's partying all the time i i wouldn't present that to you right. in that way because so, i know that if i did there would be guilt there would be defensiveness there would be right i wouldn't i wouldn't bring that to you like that all right. So let me ask you a question on that. So let's say your daughter did say that to you. Would you pick up the phone immediately immediately and call me? No. Why? Because I wouldn't have, I would have, I have to process. If I picked up the phone and immediately called you, then I would be talking to you emotionally. I wouldn't have time to take it in and process it. Oh, so what you're telling me and what I'm hearing is that maybe we should take a pause before responding to people so we can make sure that we're coming from an authentic, healthy place. Absolutely. Especially if we're coming to someone about somebody else, right? If I'm, if I'm coming to you about your kid or I'm going to my boss about somebody at work or I'm going to my significant other about their kid or even our kid, right? Because... Even though I know that Nick and I both love her just the same, I will feel defensive when he complains about our daughter, <laughs> right? Like, even our kid, like, I have to pay attention to that. I have to, I have to know who I'm going to about what and, and, and be willing to bring it in a way it can be heard. And the only way to do that is is by talking to your higher power, being silent for a moment, listening, and considering the your choice of words. Right, being considerate. Yeah, pausing, taking a breath, processing. Um, what happens uh, if it? What happens if it takes you a week to be able to process? Is that okay? Absolutely. It can take you. What a if month. during that processing, I decide that it's none of my business? That's right. okay too. Right on. I am responsible to no one but myself. And as long as I am okay with what I am doing, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if my daughter thinks I need to tell you that your son's guardian. It doesn't matter if your son thinks that my daughter needs to not tell me. Right? None of that matters. The only thing that matters is I have this information. Am I okay not sharing it? If yes, then do I, should I not share it? If yes, then okay, I don't share it. It literally is about what is right for me, to me right now. Right now, I might need to hold it. Tomorrow, I might need to share it. Maybe I need to hold it for six months and then share it. It just depends on what is right to me right now. I don't have a responsibility to anyone or anything except my underage minor children and myself. Speaking of underage minor children, 
this will be the last time. Well, you and I'll see each other on Thursday. So Thursday night will be my last night of having minor children. Oh, congratulations! Friday, I am only responsible for me. Isn't that crazy? Ultimately, right? I mean, he's still in high school. He still lives at home. I'm not saying that. But legally... He's 18. I have no minor children as of Friday. Wow. I am like... I have a lot of mixed emotions. How are you feeling? Oh, my God. I have so many mixed emotions about it. I mean, I'm so excited. I mean, it's his birthday. Of course, I'm excited. He's a great young man, but... I don't have not but and and I don't have any minor children anymore and I I don't know there's there's so many mixed emotions with it change is scary it is and I'm I'm I mean it's just it's it's a personal processing thing it has nothing to do with the, with with him or anybody else it's it's just that feeling of and I know you and uh, you know you as a mother will understand this. 18 years ago, I was re- I gave my everything to be be his mother and take care, you know, and do my job and take care of him and be the best mom I could be. And I'm still get to do those things, but it's it's like this bittersweet moment. It's different. I it's get different. it. I know because Jeff <sighs> just turned 18, so it's it's um. It is. So, right, like, I, I, as you were describing this, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, every mom of a young adult is nodding their head as you speak. Um, yep. Because, yeah, Jebediah just turned 18, and he is leaving for boot camp July 31st. Um, that's just a couple of months away now. Yeah. And it is just so bittersweet. I, I've never felt such a bittersweet feeling in my life. Um, I the pride. My baby is 18. My boy all grown up. He's such a nice, amazing young man. He's in the military. And like the pride is just yeah. overflowing. For them, the pride is overflowing. Yes. And oh my goodness, he's leaving. Yeah. He's a young man. Look how amazing he is. Some lucky, amazing girl is going to fall in love with him, and I'm going to give him away. Right. And it's, right, I'm still going to, he's still mine, and he'll always be my little boy, and right, I love him and adore him, and it's just such a bittersweet thing. There's so much sadness and change, and yet so much pride and happiness at the exact same time. I say it's, one of the worst jobs is being a mother of a son. Because we, oh, fudge, um, we spend all of this time to raise these young men to be able to give them to a woman that's going to take our, take our number one spot. We just go down the ladder. We're never off of it. But we, if we, that's us doing our jobs. And it's a, it's a rough job. And how hard is it as a mom of a son to... Like, I so desperately want him to love a woman. Oh, God. To be his number. I want, I desperately want a woman to take my spot in his heart. I want him to have that love and that happiness. And at the same time, I'm like, wait a minute. Got it. Wait, uh uh-uh. Hey, hey. Back up now. (laughs) I know. I know. It's, it's like, it's being a mother to a son is, is, is literally the selfless job because, 
we are making we're shaping them to look to if we do our jobs right to love another woman as purely and as wholly as they can what an amazing thing i know um, right? these, there's some lucky woman man some lucky women out there with our boys eventually one day i know and we have i mean i have two of them and you have one and we did a pretty damn good job with them and they did a pretty damn good job for themselves heck yeah heck yeah so all right ashley well thank you to the person that submitted the question it was great i loved it definitely please submit more questions um it can be anything absolutely yes please we love the questions that was so much fun i enjoyed going over that and just pop-up conversation like that is just so i don't know genuine and authentic i loved it yeah it was a good time so Please submit those. Those can be submitted through the website. Um, you can text Ashley. You can text me. However you can com- want to communicate that to us, feel free. It would be a, would be much appreciated. The website is workityouareworthit.com. New podcast comes out every Tuesday, so check those out. And that's it. Ashley, have an amazing week. You too, Don. Have a great week. I hope everybody out there has a great week, and I will talk to everyone soon. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it. will find you you will ask what will you do when they find me i will find you give the answer to your question what will i do when i find you i don't have to think i don't have to Thank you.